Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Ballantini here. Apparently, I'm the only one who got my own memo that said formal headwear necessary for this podcast as we are celebrating, but uh, I have so chosen to don and Sox Pop 168 podcast. This is the fourth and final week or edition of our Saxophist celebration, which is now concluding its third year, thanks to Father Saxophist himself, Tommy Barbie, uh, on, on traffic cop and large family host duties right now. You thank thank him Doing for what I can. stealing away as father himself, stealing away for a half hour or so to chat on this one. And uh, once again, we we welcome back returning champion who came up with the champion uh, name of Romy Gonzalez in our last <laughs> podcast, returning champion Brian O'Neill to join us for Saxophist Miracles, which miracles. I would have thought we might have a couple more people because this is actually, a, I think, a good, a, a better vibes podcast. Me, I'm given the headwear. I, yes, I think it's that's why. <laughs> right, it's, that's the one for laying down and avoiding. Well, uh, Father Saxophist, take it away. Tell us what this is all about. And um, yeah, what's happening? Well, just like we started on an optimistic note. We also end on an optimistic note with the socks of us miracle. Um, I frankly, there's nowhere to go but up. So I think anything would be a minor miracle yeah. with this organization, yeah. assuming that they don't just crash and burn yeah. and move to Nashville. Yes. So, um, but yes, that the really the entry was provide. It doesn't have to be attainable, but provide what you think is that ultimate socks of us miracle. And so far, a number of our writers have delivered. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yes, the uh, the team existing a year from now, you could look at that as could okay. Be a miracle. It's a miracle yes. that the whole park hasn't crumbled uh, to dust. Especially, you know, hopefully there's nothing in the air. There was some some incident in the on the, on the tracks uh, on the tracks. Yeah. yeah. So okay, you know, let's hope that's not spreading. You know. A wave of dismay that blows into the park. Did anyone see if Jerry Reinsdorf quickly drove away? <laughs> yeah. I told you I need a new ballpark. It's not fun. <laughs> he knocked over one of those cool cars and then he was gone. And kept going. Yeah. Perhaps just blow the name off of the park. I, I could definitely <laughs> sign on for that. Um, okay. As I uh, attempt to come up with bonus categories to fill out our podcast, Tommy, I'm going to shoot it right back to you as we did last episode. You have entered on site what your answer is. It is a bold ask. So please, to explain yourself and your answer for the Saxophist Miracle. Like I said, the Sox have nowhere to go but up. So in my mind, the um, only real miracle is that this rebuild by sheer luck or what have you actually works. And I, I think that we've talked about it in Slack about how very carefully Gats seems to be putting together this roster where he's adding and removing people from the fringes of the 40 man <laughs> roster that frankly, I don't think would even sniff any other major league baseball team, but Hey, I have to think at some point, even by luck, something has to click. And so maybe this next wave of prospects, given that they may not have the highest ceiling, but they do have high floors, they end up being workable assets to help rebuild a core. And then it just comes down to, is he a better constructor of teams than Rick Hahn was, which mm -hmm. frankly, I think is a very low bar to clear, mm -hmm. but that's something that we have to, you know, remains to be seen. So in my mind, going into the, you know, off season next year, we're all feeling cautiously optimistic that, you know, mm -hmm. there are enough flashes from each one of those prospects that there could be something happening here. That's okay. Father Saxovus, a.k.a. Tommy Barbie, who has now just made uh, Yosimar Kosin's uh, hit list, given he is the fringe player added to the 40-man roster today. I guess there's just a new guy every day. That's like, But every oh, week there's like a guy of just like, okay, is he with the Royals? Is he local? Like, what is it that we have that's insight on this random dude yeah. that nobody else knows? So yeah. we'll see. Do you think Gets has a plan 
Like, do we feel like maybe he's doing something and not just tinkering? Yeah, like a 5D chess thing? I, I think he's tinkering. He he really strikes me as a as somebody that tinkers. And I I think the fact that the White Sox haven't really made any major moves this offseason kind of backs that up because there's really I know there had to have been opportunity to, especially at the winter meetings. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um let's keep in mind, uh, you know, it struck me as we were talking a little bit about this 40-man roster tinkering, and that's where uh, Tommy first expressed what he just did here on the podcast, which is like, wow, he's, you know, he is uh, reshuffling chairs on some ship, very likely to be the Titanic, but this is the Up With People podcast, so let's not dig into that too much. But uh, he still has a name to cut because the White Sox still haven't officially added. I don't even remember his name. It's been it's been like three months ago that they added the guy from the KBO. But I mean, they still need to open up a spot for him because he hasn't been officially announced, introduced. And let's face it, he's like the number one starter next year. So yeah. there still are moves to be made. There still is tinkering. There's still stuff to happen. Yeah. Tommy, speaking to your um, hopes uh, rebuild. The, I guess this would be the first step in rebuild success. It's certainly not going to be an overnight situation, especially yeah. given the fact that all four, well, maybe not all four, but at least the two AL Central teams that were, well, the, the three that were three, yeah, really all of them, but certainly the three that didn't <laughs> win the division, yeah. they've been active. I mean, going for it's odd because it's AL Central. What are you going for? But they're, you know, they're adding names. Detroit, very active. Kansas City, are very active very active yeah can we follow that model <laughs> no i mean you know <laughs> it, it, right i mean it, you know yeah not advisable but i mean just the fact that yeah there there is this movement in grumbling but okay given the fact that this team now even on the odds maker lines not that we care gambling is a curse yep uh it are clearly the white Sox are being projected or at least the money is projecting them as a last place team no shock to us way to catch up vegas uh Figuring that this is going to be very much an inexperienced, uh, whatever, quad A team. You have a prospect or two that you actually are pretty excited to maybe see on the south side as early as the summer, or that you're very excited about seeing what happens in, in Charlotte, hitting or pitching wise? I mean, you know, the the real big one, of course, is Col- Colson sure. Montgomery, because everybody's going to be watching him. I, I think... I was kind of hopeful that Getz would do more in replacing Tim Anderson because I think given the guys that are there, people are going to be clamoring for him in Mm. April, maybe May. Like I I think that the pressure is going to be even higher for him to come up and perform because there's nobody else there. Like Nobody's desperate to watch the glut of random infielders that we have right now. Yeah, the bulk. And, yeah, yeah. The bulk. So, I mean, I think that's that's the big one. Um, really, all of their pitching prospects, I think, could be interesting. I, I'm not high on Eater, but I think he can be okay. Uh, Nick Natrini is a, a little bit more of a of interest to me in terms of what he can be, but I think it's going to be a little bit later in the year before he really becomes a, a major factor on the major league team. Well, and Nick Natrini's name ends in Eni, so you, Eni. You, you so it's got to be yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and I mean, who's to say with 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 Colson though the. There do honestly seem to be defensive question marks. I mean, there's especially with the roster that the White Sox have. Sorry, Naperville's uh, Nikki Lopez, but <laughs> he very plausibly could hit his way into the major leagues. He now. could. Because, I mean, yeah. the White Sox are going to be on track for like 120 losses. Like, well, who cares? And I mean, of course, there's a risk of you know crushing, you know, crushing a guy by moving him up too quickly. But I mean, if he's if he's itching, you know, hitting, you know, 350 at Charlotte or, or, or you know, on base, you know, 400 at Charlotte, well, you're going to bring the guy up. Just say, okay. And it's also, it's a different dynamic now, too, because, I mean, given that it is a zero stakes season for the White Sox this year, I mean, you know, they're not going to be sniffing anything close to contention. I could see Getz if he has that development mindset saying, okay, there's nothing else for Montgomery to prove and the minors, we might as well bring him up 
it's not like there's pressure on him to perform because we suck anyway. So let's see what he can do. So, I mean, I think I'm not saying that he'll be like Kenny Williams level aggressive, but I could see that happening sooner rather than later because Mm -hmm. of guys like, you know, Nicky Lopez who can play multiple Mm -hmm. positions. It, that shouldn't be as much of an issue. Pedro will plug him in. He'll find somewhere. All right. And here's another thing that, I mean, you just, you don't want to put this pressure on anyone's shoulders. uh, Montgomery being the, the most uh, plausible candidate. But when I think about it, as I was listening to your answer, I'm thinking about the last time a White Sox prospect hit the ground running. Chris Sale, you can count, but his role wasn't the same. So I'm not going to count same. that because, yeah. you know, and then he was going to be the, you know, Kenny said he was going to be the closer and Sale said, oh, you know, oh, no, I'm not. But I mean, you know, Alvarez pitches a no hitter in his, in yeah. his you know, his first start. Beret was hot. I mean, obviously Frank Thomas is a, a real easy one, but you know, I mean, aside, aside from, you know, your, your brother from another Tommy, uh, Mike Caruso, I mean, they're really, were very rarely <laughs> right. uh, prospects that have hit the ground running. And that seems like a luxury that uh, it doesn't happen often, but a luxury that other teams get that the White Sox have gone. I mean, really now like a generation without getting. So maybe I dare say, I mean, this is supposed to be the up talking podcast. Maybe they're due. And maybe Colson, as much as we all have to say like, Oh, no way. Can he play shortstop for the White Sox in 2024? He could. Maybe we catch a break finally, and he doesn't drown. He's not yeah. like ruined. And you know, maybe we got a shortstop or a third baseman or left fielder or whatever for you know. But I mean, even with with Tim Anderson, you had Tim Anderson and Simeon around the same time mm-hmm. that were both kind of being like one A one B. Like these are our guys, and mm-hmm. let's see which one of them stick. Mm-hmm. Now you know. Everyone will argue that the White Sox shows poorly, but yeah. what, whichever way you look at it, both of those guys, they weren't terrific, but they right. stuck around well enough where they were yeah. at least yeah. positive contributors. Oh, that's yeah. Where I, mean, I think they, that's yeah. where I think Colson Montgomery could be. Like, even if he sure. isn't like worst case right out of the bat. Yeah, sure. I, I could see him being like that. Sure. But it is interesting you bring up. Chris Sale, because I do think I don't think it'll happen next year. I I wish it would, but it won't. But I do think that Noah Schultz will get mm. fast track to the majors mm-hmm. using mm-hmm. that Chris Sale mm-hmm. pathway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it worked once. So why did why wouldn't it work? Why not again? Time, yeah, by the fact it has worked with Crochet. Never mind. A other guys crochet is like it. falling off the face of the earth, <laughs> and nobody knows if he's alive. That's, it will work. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Well, that's next year's uh, Saxophone Miracle. So stay miracle. tuned. Yes, exactly. Boy, we keep pro- we keep promoting all our 2024 content, and boy, it's going to be delicious. All right, let us swerve the mic over to Brian O'Neill. Uh, I'm curious to know what his miracle is, or if it's going to be two or three or four layered, uh, as it was our last podcast. So, uh, Brian, take it away. Uh, there were kind of two. Tommy mentioned uh, Jake Eater, and I don't know, like. I don't think he's going to come back and win the Cy Young or anything like that. I don't think he's about to, you know, explode. But he was so, like, everyone rolled their eyes at that trade. It was like, what are we doing? Like, who's this guy has been hurt for two years. He hasn't, you know, he barely ever did anything. Yeah. And I know it's me. I know. We- <laughs> I, was, I was new. I was like, oh, this is our, this is our, this is our centerpiece move right now. This is great. Um, so if he actually is healthy and he's had a lot of command issues, and I know he hasn't pitched well since we traded for him in any of the minor league games, but it's not impossible. He still had really good stuff and who knows if he's actually healthy, that can be the, and I'm using miracle here in its absolute definitional term, not saying like, here are some plausible things that are going to happen, but that's what I'm thinking. I mean, it's again, and uh, Tommy mentioned, you know, we have very low expectations, right? I think Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. Like if he comes in and pitches 150, 100 innings, even we're like, all right, that wasn't as bad as we thought. It yeah. would be. I think our yeah. miracles have to be not yeah. as bad. Yeah. And not to interrupt, not to interrupt Brian, but let's just point of order here. If it doesn't appear on your screens or in your podcaster machine or whatever, this miracles it's in italics or quotes. I mean, we are not seriously pursuing <laughs> These miracles aren't predictions. because yeah. we know we are, we are way at the back of the line. We are sitting uh, behind the back of the bus when it comes to you know, actual, you know, miracle uh, bus or train. Yeah, so like, point yeah. of order. And yeah, you brought that up, uh, Brian. So I just wanted to formally say, listen, if it's not in italics or, or quotes, it, it definitely is. So 
you know, that that falls falls under. And the White Sox think decently enough of him. He's 40-man uh, AFL where he distinguished himself pretty well. He was a yeah. fall star and, you know, whatever. He's a guy you think might be next up. Him, Mastrini, you know, good stock. Um, you know, granted, they're going to need some. Those They may all be up because all the hell, they don't yeah. have any pitchers at all. So, uh, all right, uh, uh, Jake is one. Uh, give me some more miracles or quote-unquote miracles. Well, yeah, the Jake one is the miracle where you're like, oh, I thought I was going to get that red light, but it's green. It's a miracle. Like, that's mm. an abuse of the term. Right. We'll use that. The actual miracle, that could be like an actual miracle on 35th. Uh, is healthy for a year. Mm. Like, I know you can't control health, and it's not like a moral failing that he can't stay healthy. I hate that, but he's got to at some point. I mean, I know he doesn't. No. Oh, oh. Money. Keep yeah, he's playing mind. for a contract. He's so tells a contract. me this... it's not just a miracle. He's going to say, wait, I want to make more music videos and wear exactly. more rompers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he'll find a way to stay healthy this year and away yeah. from those clubs in uh, Northwest yeah. Indiana. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. Well then that is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. That's, that's a good one. He's yeah. I mean, I'm talking like 110 OPS, something like not like, you know, back to 2019 or anything, but just to the point where you're not sad watching him play baseball anymore. Cause when he's, <laughs> yeah. he's flashing, it's like, ah, I had so much hope pinned mm -hmm. on the guy. And then, yeah. I mean, really watching him play baseball, I think is probably key. We haven't been able to watch him really, yeah. play baseball. You know, yeah. he's in the dugout. If we're lucky, he's in the dugout. So, uh, yeah, that would be different. And, and yeah, Tom, I'm with you. I'm smelling something in the air that says, yeah, he's going to get 120, 140 he'll, he'll games in a no way. sweat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that sounds cynical. I'm definitely not. I think all three of us are big Yon fans, and and yeah. I'd still love him to play 10 years on the South Side and be the you know the the the, the 30 war career that you know we were hoped uh, might might have been the. Uh, you know, the low expectation for him, because that means there's still some really good years from him uh, to come. I think we all really like the guy, but we also to like him. We do have to see him play. I'm just not I'm not going to like him. I know this is a shocker and this is this is skewing slightly negative out of Miracles podcast. I'm not going to like him solely on the basis of the music video and even the romper. Although, man, that's that's, a good that's tough to diss. <laughs> but, you know, I just, uh, you know, I want to see I want to see the play. I want to see the bat drops. Yeah, you know, come on. Yeah, I want to a beautiful swing when he hits a home run and the bat just drops. It's gorgeous. I miss it. But that—that that is one of the most frustrating things about him is that he has the talent and the cap the capacity to be a four war per year kind of mm -hmm. guy. And it's—I mean, it's one of the reasons why I—I I get frustrated about Pedro Grafol being the manager because it's just like it's clear he needs somebody to kind of get on him a little bit to get to that level. And I don't think that they have that right now. He's a veteran, Tommy. Uh, yeah, he Pedro is now, which is really terrifying that he is. He scolds the rookies. <laughs> it's really terrifying that he's a veteran. Unless your name is Luis. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's not good enough to go to Ghana. When, when, well, even going back to the Mach the Machado flirtation, or even before the move was made for him at third base, I was always one who said, "Okay, he played easily a serviceable second base." I'd say, "Okay, mm -hmm. fielding wise, let's say he's an average second baseman. We can live with that, especially with the bat." Think about that that kind of ridiculous, haughty uh, assessment that yours truly certainly made. I'm, I'm sure others did too. I mean. We're lucky if he can play a position. And when he when he's on the field to play third, he's a great third baseman. But right. I mean, to think that he could be a second baseman in the state he's in now, and I understand the, the coronavirus situation, I mean, really, really uh, cut him off at the knees. Uh, and that is certainly an effect here. But the, the fact that the guys, he sort of can't, I mean, third base is his spot because he can't it really is. move any yeah. longer. And he's still, you know, he's a young guy. I mean, that that's, I mean, again, this is, this is, uh, you know, this is um, uh, a pandemic in influenced outcome as well, which we would have, you know, never, never predicted. But geez, how things have changed from a guy that you thought, oh yeah, he could certainly be, you know, your little, your little like Joe Morgan type at at second. Yeah. Um, and, and instead, now it's like, geez, I hope he can still play. That. First of all, I hope he can still play, and I hope he can still play and that stick really good third, third base. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Weird how how things change, but a lot of right. lot of changes. He's got to be the symbol of the rebuilt failure. Right? I mean, not, I mean oh, in the crash, yeah. I mean, there's no one more emblematic of it. 
Well, and I mean, you have the other side of it too with Benatendi on the on the White Sox because that's who Rick Hahn originally wanted before he got Mankata. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's right. That's so right. you have you have both sides of failure right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's tempting to say the symbol is Eloy, especially with the wrinkle of the the thanks Cubs, because it's sort of gone from a true taunt. And let's face it, that you know that trade is is you know absolutely win. For the yeah. White Sox, but yeah. you know now it's sort of like okay, yeah, thanks Cubs. We're, we're watching them pass us in the standings, or our you know window slam shut on Eloy's waving hand. So those are two sad. I mean, skewing a little bit downer here. So I'll I'll, I'll try to rally us in a in a well in still a downer way because what else can I do? Uh, well, you know I've 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 written and I'll just say uh, my miracle. I'm not going to dare say a, a miracle, even though in the second half I think I'm going to challenge uh, both of my guests here and myself to to come up with maybe some specific positives or at least some specific predictions. Given that hey, you know we got to fill the podcast out anyway. Uh, I'm not going to dare address at this point anything on the field that's going to be like oh yeah, uh, Luis Robert is going to be a um, you know, he's going to be MVP or whatever. MVP, we're going to have an yeah. actual intact rotation or anything like that. Cause that's, that's crazy talk. And I'm not, you know, I'm not that buzz, but I will say, so I'll take it off the field. I'm not going to also, you know, wish for, you know, death or pain, pain or maim or injury or even firings. I don't, I'm not sure anyone's getting fired in 2024. Uh, so no. I'll say selfishly, Hey, you know, why not? It happened once our personnel here, including, um, his truly uh, father Sox of himself have we have covered at Southside Sox under different guys at Sox Park. So my miracle will be the White Sox relenting as they see interest in their team dwindling. Of course, they don't see that, so they're not going to make this. They decision. don't. My yeah. miracle would be that uh, <laughs> we would be extended um, coverage ability. We have capable people. We have extremely good writers. We have stuck through. We're not skipping you know, recaps. We're not skipping. Car. We are probably actually going to ramp down some of the coverage because when we expanded it, Six Pack and and uh, the, the Bird app and, you know, whatever else, uh, per game that was anticipating greater interest in the team, anticipating greater success, 95 wins after the 93 win season. And of course they decided curiously, the white Sox go figure to go the opposite direction and now are well, 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 well under 500. So it sort of seems a little silly to get that interested in, in throwing that much coverage per night at the team. But the point is we do cons- uh, continue to cover. Uh, we are steered by a uh, veteran, uh, people who have ex- a wide range of experience. Uh, we've already done it very well, showing up for f- f- 30 games, 30 games, 30 games yeah. at um, at Sox Park in 2020, not missing a one. In fact, sometimes even double covering. We had uh, photographic coverage even until uh, our, our parent company cut that off. Not the White Sox. The White Sox were totally cool giving us photo coverage. So we had that great relationship wearing a different badge. Uh, we're wearing a badge that's been around and legit for for much longer and arguably is the oldest voice covering the White Sox outside of the traditional accredited, whatever accredited means. Is that even a word? Accredited media. Um, so that will be my miracle. The White Sox say, hey, uh, wow, I can hear an echo in the press box. Um, and that would be the only reason we I mean, it wouldn't be like by merit or kindness or generosity would be, well, there's no one here. So, yeah, OK, warm a seat. Uh, so, you know, um, it's going to be a little bit longer commute for you, Father Soxivus. Just a little know, bit. I would still know. make it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so would I. I got a longer <laughs> one than you, uh, for sure. So uh, that will be my Soxivus miracle that in some weird, weird, weird way, we'd be able to uh, actually do some hands-on uh, coverage and maybe strike a blow for, I guess, what we'd be considered alternative voices. I guess, you know, it's not... Tribune or Sun Times or whatever, and um, you know, be able to throw in because uh, what we did in 2020 was very solid um, in a weird trying year, and of course, you know, no act, no real access, but yeah, acquitted um, uh, ourselves really well. Did some um, clever coverage, uh, and uh, of course, we we do that now without the access, and 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 having access would be even greater. So you know, White Sox, I know you're listening. Just put, you know. Jot it down, put it in that pneumatic tube, Brazil it up somewhere and, and see who decide, you know, maybe in 10 years, you'll actually, oh, hey, this pneumatic tube system here at Sox Park. Um, <laughs> let's look at the messages. And, you know, then when I'm did you just gone. Brazil as a verb. What, what did I do? Did you just use the movie Brazil as yeah, a verb? Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, Brazil. Sure. Yeah, yeah that's, I know. I did that. 
Why not? Yeah, I Once I get started, Brian, I sort of can't stop. <laughs> I just got to tire myself out. Um, all right. I'm yeah, tired out. I, yeah, go I ahead. think Soxfest is going to happen before we get credential. Yeah. Yeah. And not, yeah. not the season ticket holder socks. No, though. not the Maybe an actual ticket. real one. Yeah, a real it's one. It's going to be groundlings, though. It's going to be like, literally, as we <laughs> joked uh, last podcast, it's going to be in a frozen parking lot for yeah. those people. But yeah, they'll yeah. still, at some point, they'll extend it. Uh, it's yeah. not hard to do the frozen, given the fact it's January and it's always horrible, horrible weather for exactly. Sox Fest. But yeah, I'm afraid your prediction is probably correct. But boy, that's a downer. Let's take a break so we can get back on the uh, happy swing of things. We're going to cover a couple more um, uh, miracle predictions of folks who decided not to show up because they just can't break up the power trio of uh, O'Neill, Barbie, uh, Ballantini, Access on the Eni, and uh, and then we're gonna uh, maybe a little freeform uh, period as we wind up the podcast. But we will be back in a minute. I promise. It's our last podcast of the year, so savor this. Believe me, we'll be back as much as I don't want to be back in 2024. Savor this because you gotta like you gotta make this one last like 10 days. I'm, I'm sorry, it's not my fault. It's you know the holidays or whatever snow or something, box, plain box. Uh, okay, we'll be back in a minute. White Sox fans, my name is Brett Valentini. I'm here with Father Sox of us, Tommy Barbie and Brian O'Neill as well. We don't really have a, a, a specific Sox of us role for him. Uh, is he the Sox of us elf? Is he, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know, if but if you I mean, want to be an elf, think about it. I'll, 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 I'll be an elf. You can grant that. Elf. He has the power. Tommy has the power to do that. So, oh, this is awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. Brian. It is Sox Pop 168, fourth uh, edition of Sox of Us. I'd say fourth week, but we sort of crammed it into three weeks because that's just how we do things. Uh, holidays coming up and so forth. Uh, we are discussing Sox of Us miracles. Let me cover a couple from voices absent from this podcast, at least so far. And what we have in our, there, it could have grown by 10 or 20 more voices by the time this is published alongside this podcast. So go ahead. Don't be afraid. Read. You don't have to just listen or watch. You can read, too. Uh, that's an accompanying, as we've done with all of these, accompanying article with this Socks of Us podcast. Uh, Melissa Sage Bolenbach says that uh, her miracle is Chris Getz. Uh, in all of his between tinkering between moving his little uh toy soldiers around the field there decides hey wait what did i what did i do when i said pedro grafal should i meant to say the opposite he wasn't supposed to be the manager next year and that actually pedro gets fired and, and presumably then i'm speaking for melissa here a, like a real manager will be hired um so that's her miracle uh, malachi hayes um i guess in somewhat the vein of of tommy here uh, malachi realizes that the entire roster essentially is going to be built of you know spare parts and 4a guys and waiver wire claims and whatnot and you know good teams do manage to you know build by incorporating those parts jose quintana is a great example of a guy who was like picked up out of sort of nowhere uh, uh, uh buried in the yankees organization and became yep. a star with the white sox one of the best uh lefties a uh, short list best lefties in white sox uh, history and then yield us a nice trade from the Cubs as well. And, you know, so he's just sort of looking forward to uh, potentially there being a couple of those sort of gold nuggets, guys who really step up and do something you weren't expecting. It could even be to extend, uh, you know, Brian's idea. Some of these, some of these young players acquired in trade where you, you're just not sure. And like, it turns out that Jay Heater's like, like, you know, he could actually be, you know, star guy. level. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, yeah. Nestrini recognizing the end of his uh, name says, okay, listen, I got to perform this pressure. And so let's do it. You know, <laughs> let's, um, let's make an all-star run. Uh, so those are a couple of the other um, Soxivus miracles. Um, boy, it sure would be nice if we were heading into the season as dire as the roster looks with a pilot of the team, A, we felt was going to be a long-term guy and that we could actually feel heartened by. It could even have been Pedro if he demonstrated anything, anything in yeah. 2023. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> a bummer because it really is like, I mean, whatever you say about Getz and we can say, hey, he's, he's looked pretty good so far or, you know, what he's horrible because he's, you know, got the sex of blood in him or he's from Kansas City. You know, I, I, I tend to the latter, but uh, the fact that Griffal is the guy really sort of leading this after we have seen what he did in 2023. I mean, if the roster isn't a gut punch, that's a gut punch. I mean, to me, if you didn't want to really change anything, and this has been my point from the beginning, Charlie Montoyo is right there. 
So you could just yep. change literally nothing and say you're keeping the exact same approach and everything else stays the same. But for the sake of appearances, we can't run it back and just yeah. expect any changes. So let's get Grafal out. Let's move up Charlie Montoyo, hire somebody else as a bench coach, keep everybody else. And honestly, that would have helped alleviate some of the concerns that I think the Sox are going to have heading into the spring training. That's a better than, yeah, that would have been the smart thing. I wonder why they didn't do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> Luis Robert doesn't know who he is. <laughs> I mean, you're still paying Charlie. I mean, okay, I guess you're not paying him manager dollars, but you're you paying him a decent him to come amount. Here. So, yeah. I mean, you know, okay, so it's not, it's that's not the reason, which will be extremely plausible, you know, for the White Sox. Okay, yeah, they went. You know, they went with the Robin Venturas who are like, what, what, you know, I get paid to be manager. Oh, okay, cool. That's fine. You know, whatever. I'm really excited now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that makes it even more, more peculiar, but well, I wonder if Pedro will have to fire himself the way it seems what? to be now the tradition with the. <laughs> all right. All right. How about this though? Okay. We're talking about miracles. Okay. What if Pedro not thinking he has to win now to save his job? Because he did a lot of stuff where he's like, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna teach anyone anything. They've got to just win now. What if the pressure of no longer having to win makes him feel I'm gonna have to become a teaching manager now? And he changes his approach and is less arrogant. This is a miracle podcast. Mm -hmm. I, I like it. I'm just wondering what he teaches. Hopefully baseball. <laughs> Because I, I mean, I, like, I, 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 what does he have to teach? Yeah, what is? Yeah. But I mean, it's like not even to be flippant about it. It's like, and I hate that I'm saying this, but like when Tony Larusa came in, <laughs> you at least understood what it was that he mm -hmm. thought the White Sox needed to do. He had a philosophy. Mm -hmm. He was like, "All right, this is how we're going to do things in spring training. These are the drills we're going to focus on. We're going to play the game the right way. All that bullshit." I don't know what Pedro Griffal brings to the table other than a winning attitude and culture. And clearly, if yeah. he brings those things, he's really bad at both of them because <laughs> the White Sox never won and the clubhouse was never worse. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. It may not. I mean, I think it's just, it's a fair point. I was just wondering, like, I, I want him to be that but I don't know what he teaches. What capacity does he have to do that? Yeah. Right. And with the caveat that you threw out there, Brian, of if, if sort of the mission is changing, even though they're telling us they're competing, I mean, come on, we all know better. And so that maybe even get, gets whether he actually ever says it, despite the fact he's been free to say he hates the team that he helped put together, but he hasn't really said, no, you know, we are rebuilding, you know, whatever. I guess he, he has such respect for the White Sox fan base. He knows we can read between the lines and know, oh, yeah, that's for sure is what it, whether you want to say it or not. It is. Um, the, 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 I guess my hesitation, you know, Tommy just said it straight out, but, I, you know, I'll try to find a point and say, listen, one thing that would indicate to me that he would have that capacity, and I believe he came up through the ranks because he had to have shown that. He had to have, you know, worked with particularly catching prospects and maybe some pitching prospects and really um, demonstrated something to move up the ranks in Kansas City. I mean, it's easy to guys to have guys get you know, flushed out of your systems who just can't do that. But the fact that he failed – I want to say unilaterally with the rookies, you know, particularly with like a Colas who seemed to be like, you know, like the, the, the permanent resident's dog when he was really the guy Grafal probably. And for all we know, he tried. But the fact that there are such public words of, you know, almost shaming and embarrassing the player and yeah. knowing that if there were really ugly stories, I mean, truly like this guy could care less. He doesn't even show up on time. He loses his uniform, whatever. I mean, we would know that. So he's got these little things about, you know, not like learning the game the right way or whatever. And he's not conveying that. He clearly wasn't teaching that. I know it's not necessarily Pedro's responsibility. I guess that was Daryl Boston's responsibility last year or whatever. Well, that's that's definitely what gives me pause in terms of believing that with a mission to sort of statement change, he could shift into that because yeah. You know, and again, that could come from the pressure of, well, I'm sorry, I don't I got time for Oscar Colas. I'm not going to play that guy because I need, I boy, I need to win now. They're going to fire me in May. Um, so that's my one hesitation. I would love to see it happen. And you'd think he would be equipped to do that. It's just, wow, he, I don't know honestly what he did. And this sounds like piling on because he, uh, he must have had 
a couple things for us that we could really say, all right, we like that about him, but I really off the top of my head can't think, you know, it doesn't help that the record was so terrible, but there didn't seem to be a moment where it was like, it seems like if it was right or left, he all, whatever the direction that was wrong, it seemed like he took it. And man, that's a guy who just seems really overmatched. Yeah. And he just seemed overwhelmed by the job. I mean, totally. that's why he reminds me so much of Terry Bevington. Cause that's like the last manager that I could think of. That, like you wondered how he made it to the ballpark every day, because it's just like <laughs> this job seems to be, so far over your head is if it's too much please say something because you have other guys there that can help you out but he just seems to be so focused on trying to not screw it up that he's making it worse that's it that's i think that's super sharp yeah tommy focus can be you can be so hyper focused 1990 sometimes you'll recall they actually like re-signed. I mean, it wasn't like he had a three year and he had to run it out. They they were like, you did a decent job taking over for a lot. Take some money. Let's do it, man. We're, we're jacked. Let's, about your let's go. Let's go. Uh, boy, Ron Schuler really wanted his own man. Yikes. Um, and I still remember him going to the bullpen when there was no one there. Yeah. And right. that, that was classic that was him in a nutshell yeah <laughs> of course one thing here's one thing unlike Grafal so far now granted bevington has a little bit longer tenure for us to be able to get behind something i mean listen that guy threw down with probably many guys but he definitely threw True. down with garner so yes I mean, we yes. can get behind we that. can That's get behind thing. that we yes. get behind uh taking on scrap iron <laughs> that guy in his stash in his mouth good lord boy those are that was a fun rivalry Detroit seems to still carry that rivalry. I don't really don't care about the Tigers. The Tigers still seem to hate us, at least Tiger fans. And I'm yeah. like, Tigers, who who cares? But all right, you know, whatever's got to motivate you, Detroit Tigers fans. And now you got our announcer. So all right, you win, whatever. Um, hey, let's do a little free time stuff. Uh, I guess QM positive, but no, come on. We know we're not going to really totally adhere to that. I'm curious from both of you some like best maybe best case specifics from the season. I know this starts to get into maybe even our predictions, like, you know, team MVP or whatever, but Hey, there's plenty of time to change that. Nobody's writing anything into an Excel spreadsheet. That's like in permanent marker yet. It's just December. Uh, let's start with this. We've talked about losses. Let's flip it. What's the best case scenario knowing the division is still, well, the division division is still bad. No matter how these teams are stocking up uh, best case scenario, best case, of uh white Sox wins for 2024 i'm gonna i'm gonna think the cap is 500 but that even seems like a stretch but uh curious uh brian what is the uh what's your uh high number of wins going in 2024 i mean even saying 75 seems wildly optimistic 70 wow 70 yeah. is the is the peak 70 is if nothing's break right if Luis robert stays the whole time and has a full mm. year Makata comes back a little bit. The pitching staff, even if it's bad, stays relatively healthy, and at least innings are eaten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's still best case. Yeah, uh, uh, Tommy, different different assignment, but I want to say that was your prediction coming into last it year. It was. So yeah. the best case scenario from Brian is Tommy's what turned out to be Tommy and Crystal's worst. Um, case uh, prediction for wins, and of course the White Sox didn't even, even come close. With that. <laughs> uh, all right, Tommy, are you any brighter? I'm guessing by your um, by your gasp that you are not brighter than 75 wins, or, or are you? No, not 75. <laughs> I mean, I, I think 70 is probably as good as it can possibly get. I just I don't know who who's pitching for this team, yeah. and it's. It's so weird because the issue that the White Sox have had for the longest time is not having any pitchers in the minor leagues. And now it seems like they have this mass of pitchers that are like four A guys, but you have no idea who's going to actually make it mm-hmm. on a major league rotation. And I I don't know who's eating up the innings for this team. Like assuming that they can score runs at a decent clip, the defense picks up because, you know, based on the guys that gets mm-hmm. getting, I will say if nothing else, they will at least be good on defense, but I don't know who's, who's pitching for this team. Yeah. I mean, we want to like, oh, well, like, 
glom over that fact or something, but that's like, that's pretty core it's element. And the white big. sacks are really completely bereft. I mean, it's not just even heading to last year, like, okay, wait, we got no, no number five. There's no Cueto out there to like pick up. So maybe we have half a rotation or even right. maybe even four guys that are maybe even all iffy, but there were guys, the white Sox. you could argue if Dylan's traded, they sort of have really like zero guys, which is not common. I mean, no, kind of conglomerating all our baseball wisdom from the decades. I don't know how many decades between us are. Are we concluding that we need pitchers? <laughs> we're digging deep. We're, we're, we're a deep dive into the metrics. It does seem like arms are necessary. Um, it helps. Uh, Tommy, do I get a number out of you? Uh, what's it going to be? What's your high? Like a best case number? Um, I think I really think 70 is the highest I can go realistically. Yeah. Which would be a nine win jump. I mean, that's jump. not yeah. nothing. Best case uh, jump. Uh, you know, I ask these questions and I don't think about them myself. So, okay, so that's 70 and 92 is best case scenario. And that that really does sound about right. Maybe I'll say that, that 90 losses is the best case scenario. So maybe, uh, maybe I'll say 72 uh, wins. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll slide in uh, right between you guys. But yeah, the fact that we're talking about basically low 70s as a, sort of a dream, <laughs> dream here. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, a real, well, okay, as long as we can just decide to have some free time for negative. Um, what, uh, and, and I think you've both answered this already. So let's see how you may have changed. What is your realistic prediction at this moment for the White Sox? Now that we've seen even a little bit of what's gone on in the offseason to know that, you know, the Central is actually slightly more fortified, if not significantly so. Uh, what is, Tommy, right back to you, what is the actual record prediction? Again, not holding you to it. Uh, yeah. You can still ease up to 75 like you did last year because I know you're going to want that comfort zone. But uh, what is your <laughs> realistic prediction for the follow-up to a 61 and 101 season? I mean, based on the roster as it stands today, I have a hard time going above 60, which I know puts them right at where they were last mm -hmm. year. So probably it feels better, but mm -hmm. it, there's there's just so many guys, like I said, I don't know who's pitching. And you have Tuki Toussaint potentially being your number three. Like oh, I, I'm trying to figure out like who, who they're even going to roll out there and that's that's what they have right now yep um yeah that uh boy look at you being that boy that's that's just downright sunny time okay now i know traditionally <laughs> brian is sort of now again i don't know if he's gonna now he's gonna like he's he's i've been burnt yeah, so now you're going to like swing crazy or you're going to be like, hey, I'm still got to care about the team. So I'm going to still root a little bit. But uh, do you go north or south of uh, a 60 and 102 record, Brian? I can't argue with that with 60 and 102. I wish I could. I mean, I I don't think that I don't think we're going to be the Cleveland Spiders. I don't think it, I'm not going to go that bleak. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I don't see how, like Thomas said, who's pitching? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, if enough guys stay healthy and we have the arms, maybe they win another five or six games, but I just don't see how. For the sake of making this interesting, because now for like 12 podcasts, I've predicted a franchise record 107 losses. I'm now going to up that to 108 Ooh. because, yeah, I mean, it's not getting, it hasn't gotten better since I made that prediction. The team <laughs> itself hasn't. And the, you know, the division, um, you know, is. I mean, I know divisions don't matter anymore because it's it's not such a um, uneven schedule. But uh, but even across baseball, you can look at most teams have improved in in some capacity in in ways that the White Sox just haven't. But at least a bunch of moves. I can only think of two moves the Dodgers made. <laughs> yeah, really <laughs> lazy. Jeez. <laughs> Wake up. It's the offseason, guys. Pay hey, attention to your AAA guys, Dodgers. Come yeah, on. No Wake <laughs> up, guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay, so uh, then let's – let's um, presumably positive, but this also can be a negative question. And so I'm asking, 
one thing you are either looking forward to about the team itself or even a prediction you like to make about the performance of a guy maybe somebody who is going to surprise us um or i don't know it could be like when the date pager gets fired or something but uh give me a prediction or two about the season uh let's throw it first to brian what you got i i will say that based on the bummer trade gets is going to make at least one trade that pleasantly surprises us that are going to think, oh, we didn't get hosed on that. Um, I'm not saying like the, the bummer trade brought in this cornucopia of they, they got hosed on the bummer trade. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, is this with is this is a trade with Atlanta or is he going to get to trade with anybody in this trade you're talking about? Yeah. Okay, so technically yeah. all 29 teams are available to Chris Getz. So he's not just still standing outside the dumpster at the kids' table he, he, in Atlanta? Be. Yeah, he could he be. might very well be. They really are just like dropping guys they're trading for. So it's not the worst strategy. It certainly beats anything Han's been doing the last few years. So all right. All right. Yeah, um, there might, there's a trade that might help us think, okay, this this makes sense what he's trying to do. Don't know if it's actually gonna work, but we can see maybe something coming into coming into mm-hmm. focus. Well, certainly when you don't have a roster that's set in any way, Brian, and you're just throwing stuff against the wall, which the White Sox are totally in position for because the guys in the system really aren't ready. I mean, we can talk about any triple A guy and they're not really, you, you know, it's not the worst strategy to say, okay, well, we, we, we traded two or three core guys and we got sort of 12 back and maybe one or two will do something. I mean, that's not the crazy. And it does give you the feeling like, all right, that was a trade we didn't lose. And maybe we even won. And, you know, Tommy's, you know, comment aside, I mean, we don't really know. I mean, the fact is the numbers are stored on the White Sox side. I mean, it's just Aaron True. Bummer holding up his end, which, you know, is definitely uh, questionable versus, you know, uh, five guys in return. I mean, to make that an even trade, you would think would not be Im- implausible. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to sort of get behind you there, Brian, and say, you know, I mean, this I would have expe- I would have expected worse, even though that's nothing to run a victory lap over that trade. I would have expected worse in, in just cutting like the salary of Bummer and like maybe getting Nikki Lopez for it. So I mean, I guess in a creepy way, that's hey, great job, you know, Chris, you're on your way to executive year, the low low bar. Um, uh, I'll give you a chance I mean, I- other pr- predictions, Brian, but uh, Tommy, I'll, I'll toss it to you. Yeah, I was going just okay, to fine. the bummer trade. Like, I it is a decent trade. I think the only reason why I said that is because Atlanta was going to cut ties with all those guys anyway. Mm. So it was just like, yeah. here's here's a bunch of guys that we're about to release, and Getz comes running through the door like, wait, I'll give you <laughs> right Aaron Bummer, who's literally at the lowest possible trade value right now. And they were like, okay, sure, mm. that works. Chris Guest isn't into eBay bidding. He buys it now. Okay. <laughs> buys it now. He'll pay a little bit more. He just wants to know he's got it. Michael um, Soroka, I want you. Right, exactly. Um, right. My more specific prediction that I think could happen, and I think it has to happen for most of this to come to fruition, this needs to be Andrew Vaughn's breakout year. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's shown flashes repeatedly he's done this enough now where he understands the grind of a full season because i think to me i think that's been his biggest issue is that he can do it for a month he can do it for a couple of months but he gets in these ruts where he doesn't have the best at bats and i think similar to luis robert he's gonna find that groove this season um to to move forward yeah and to be fair tommy i mean we'd really look at it although he 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 has certainly gotten his his feet wet and played full season i mean last year really was truly his rookie year his first real having to like play this position that's just you know like a batshit crazy move to put him in the outfield and then seeing that he's not doing well still run him out there hey Gavin Sheets. But um, so, I mean, really, you could argue this is this is like a true sophomore campaign. And this would be For a sure. time you'd expect to see him not sink because worst case scenario, if he if he duplicates uh, 2023, he's a guy you got to think hard about. You're not even necessarily tendering him. Tendering. Because exactly. It's really yeah. looking like, you know, OK, this is just we got to eat this pick. Exactly. Yeah. So it is sort of make or break mm-hmm. for him not to make it. You know, Sorry, Andrew. But I mean, come on, this is. But it is, yeah. You know, it's out there for you. But you are actually predicting that he is going to uh, take this that is... yoke and say, like, you know, he's like a three-war guy. He's really going to exactly the way he yeah. should. 
Uh, all right, that's fair. Um, again, I don't really think to answer my own questions. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, if we're going to take maybe one more round of this, I will say first off that, uh, again, speaking with my heart, that Luis stays healthy a full season, not like, you know, pretty much in the, you know, he made it to September. So he's like, okay, I'm fine. It's good. It's a full season. If I played to September, right guys. Uh, and really, really can be, I mean, I think he was 12th MVP. Let's, let's yeah. say that he's a top five MVP candidate. I think he's, if that's it's a guy, depending on what, you know, the rest of the league does, of course, I mean, his numbers from this year could look better in a, in a, you know, maybe a weaker offensive year, uh, you know, with him seemingly solidifying, it really has his feet under him defensively. Now the wall doesn't seem to be uh, scaring him, nor does he seem to be like, you know, pulling the Eloy stuff where he might be getting hurt, hitting it too hard. Uh, so the defensive stuff is just on lockdown um, that, you know, why not? I know it's a ton to ask him to be playing like, 120 plus in, in two seasons in a row because I doubt he's ever done that going back to, um, you know, Cuban Little League. But um, that'd be nice. And so, I mean, I'll, I'll say it's a prediction because I frankly at this point can't think of anything else. So while I do try to think of something else, do either one of you have another prediction? It could be good or bad. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's miracles. It'd be nice if it was good, but uh, even something vague, do we like pull an actual couple legit pitchers in the rotation this year because like 12 are going to be thrown in there or uh, other other thoughts you guys might have predictions wise well, I'll defer to Father Soxus first <laughs> um, I think for me the the other big thing that has to happen is the catcher's room <laughs> needs to be a thing this year and even though the pitching i still have questions about i think having um max stassi who's a hell of a catcher i know he's been out for a couple of years but that that was a move that i liked a lot yeah. um because yeah. i do think he has a lot to prove also somebody that is you know looking for a larger contract and is probably deserving of a larger contract that is mm -hmm. trying to use this as a show me year and you have Corey Lee, who's there, who I'm still not 100% sure on, but I know a lot of people are very high on him. Yep, uh, Cuero in the minors that is, you know, getting up there too. I think that you'll finally have a true trio quartet of, of catchers in the White Sox organization that know how to handle pitchers. And... God, I can't remember the last time that happened. Because, I mean, th this is something that has been needed. Um, and I think it'll make a huge difference because you need those guys to help call the games, especially for younger pitchers, to help mentor them, to help kind of show them how to navigate through the ups and downs of the game. And especially with guys like Kopech who run incredibly hot and cold, they need somebody like that that mm -hmm. can help guide them through a game in a way that I don't think Yasmani Grandal always could. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's fair to say um, Grandal paid, maybe made an effort, but paid lip service because I think he's just too so, uh, solo focused. And I he don't is. think he yeah. has the capacity, you know, I could see him, I could see Trying. him managing, but yeah, when yeah. he's not playing, uh, the, yeah, the playing, I would still think there's probably even a, a flare of competition, almost that AJ thing where you think that guy could have done some mentoring. I mean, a guy played a long time in the majors and, you know, somehow, even though like the whole league hated him. Um, but I don't, not sure that he ever did a lot of mentoring because he's like, well, no, I, I can do it better than the guy I'm supposed to be mentoring. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, that, that's, yeah, that's a tricky wire to walk. So it would be nice if it worked, um, it'd be nice if it worked out that way. It'd be good for the White Sox. Uh, Brian, did you come up with anything or, uh, you know, I can, uh, I can take yeah, yeah. as well. No, okay. thinking, what you got? So I, I'm thinking about like my, my softball team. Our name is good Heavy place Timber. to start. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy Timber. We're not, it was an architectural term. It's not meaning we're good, bad, sexually, ironically terrible, but we lose a lot. But every once in a while we have a game where we're like, oh, we had a timber inning, which means we like kicked it around and overthrew like five bases. And we're like, I can accept losing, but I hate when we lose because we have timber inning. I think the White Sox are not going to have those as many timber mm -hmm. things this year where we're just like, these guys don't know how to play baseball. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be yeah. good, but it's yeah. not going to be so much like 
if you never played baseball before, like, what are you doing out there? Mm -hmm. I, I don't say like, I hate like they're playing the game the right way or anything mm -hmm. like that. I hate that shit. But it might not be as embarrassingly bad, even if it's the same or even a worse record next year. That's that could be a miracle. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. You, I think you, it's important that they've brought in so many veterans mm -hmm. from different organizations to really help alleviate mm -hmm. that very thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I could absolutely see that being yeah. the case. I don't think you can make an argument that says, I think Tommy said he thought the defense was going to be good. I'm not sure you can make an argument that's going to jump into good. I would say average would be a great goal, but True. I think the, the veterans coming in and plugging in and certainly having some strength uh, up the middle, at least certainly out in the uh, outfield and whoever's plugged in at shortstop, at least until it's Colson, right. Uh, is is going to provide a solid defensive presence. So while overall they might not be, let's even say good defensively, the idea what what Brian is specifically saying of the timber inning, where it's just like, you know, just it's a domino effect. Yeah, um, yeah, you could see just the veteran presence, and hopefully maybe also just some actual real training to go again to another Brian point in in spring training uh, will alleviate that because yeah, the clown car aspect. You're right. You you do not get tabbed as like a you know, old man yelling at a cloud when you're like, I don't want to watch. This. I can go to Little League and watch this. And it's yeah. cuter because, you know, their pants are falling down or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think that happened too often for the White Sox last year. But uh, yeah, the, the, the clown car game. And then it starts to feel like an insult to you watching. Your eyes are burning. And then you think, what am I doing with my life? Because yeah. I'm watching this. And now I've just, I hate the White Sox. I've, I've ruined my life. Thank you, White Sox. Yeah, yeah we don't want that. I mean, just well, catch the ball. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, my final prediction will be, uh, again, just flip, but um, a minor league hitter will crash the majors and make an impact. This thing I was referring to, see, I'm just wishing it's going to happen, uh, will actually happen. Uh, I, mean, I won't say Frank Thomas, but a Frank Thomas like sticking where it's like this guy belongs from the start the way we thought. Diane Vicieto might have because you heard him, uh, you know, hit yeah. the ball in batting practice thought, oh, Lord, watch out, outfield fences. Mm -hmm. Uh, somebody like that will exist, but I'm going to say it might be Colson Montgomery, but it won't first be Colson Montgomery. My prediction is Wilfred Veras takes a tear through oh. Charlotte, and because he wow. gets to play corner outfield, he's been playing some right field, but also his first baseman, obviously his DH bat, is a guy who is just, he has hit everywhere. He has a fair amount of swing and miss, but if you contact, I, I mean, listen, Tommy can feel me here that you got a Mike or Adolfo who had a lot of swing and miss, but when he, yes. when he, hits, when he made contact, go Oh far. my God. Yes. So uh, I think Wilfred is hit everywhere. Uh, he's young. I think he's young enough to maybe even not have the, the fear. He's part of that way with Montgomery. He's sort of been like, right, right with yeah. him there. And I could see him in Charlotte making a mockery of Charlotte. Again, this is all very wishful, but I could also see the opportunities in Chicago being there, you know, no offense, Andrew Vaughn, opportunities being there because Eloy will have uh, ended up prostrate on the, the outfield fence Falling or, into the you know, fence, whatever right? else. Gavin Sheets really did fall in that hole in right field and we didn't ever see him again. So there's going to be opportunities. So really anybody putting up numbers, which hasn't really happened. We talk about like Victor Reyes, like last year, but I mean, those numbers were still like, yeah, you know, very solid, but you know, okay. Yeah. But I mean, lighting it up, we haven't seen too, too much. And the fact that he's a legit prospect and the fact that he puts those numbers up and this could of course apply to Claro, uh, Claro, it could apply to Montgomery you know, there are a number of guys, but it seems like the shortest path and, a, and that they might even be willing to be more, more daring with Varys because he's almost he is almost like I mean he's more found money than a first round yeah. draft choice that so you do have to pack and bubble wrap a little bit. Uh I see him maybe being the one uh cheating up maybe into the, the second half of the season, maybe getting some legitimate time like Frank came up, I think August first. Uh maybe getting some legit August, September time and not and and bobbing pretty well to the point where you're like, okay, for 2025. Okay, we got a guy, and you know, yeah. I'm just hoping that next year's podcast is going to be more exciting, so we can say, <laughs> "Hey, all right, let's not worry about right field because we got Wilfred. We got a guy there." Uh, so, I mean, that's this is all about being wishful on on Miracle Day. But that's, that's interesting. I thought you were going to say Brian Ramos because mm -hmm. I I mm -hmm. know he's in a similar vein, and mm -hmm. I could see him getting mm -hmm. a 
longer looks so that mm -hmm. the White Sox don't have to pay um, Yohan Mankata mm -hmm. insane amounts of oh, money. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, my only my only caveat with Brian is uh, Brian is that he's um uh, you know he's hurt last year. I'm not sure. I mean right. he's injury prone, but you know that sort of stifled him a little bit in a way that you know Wilfred hit the ground running. But yeah, I mean you really, I mean arguably you could say those guys are interchangeable. Plus Brian does play a like like a legit corner legit position base, of, yes. of need because you know <laughs> sorry disaster personnel. I mean I'm not sure you're going to be putting the cap on in 2025, but um. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that. I mean, that's, you know, for an off the board pick. Yeah, the, that profile is very similar other than the fact that we've been talking Ramos and hyping him maybe for a little, you know, maybe for a season longer. A little bit longer. Yeah. So there might be a little more pressure attached to that. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll accept that as a substitution, Father Sox. But thank you. So now my prediction is doubled. And there's even now a you have to. to be right. Thank you. Exactly. That was very yeah. kind, very kind assistant. <laughs> I don't even have to be an elf. I just got a free gift from Father Sox. That rules. Um, Okay, I guess last chance for any other predictions, uh, but otherwise we have plenty of time in 2024. What are we going to talk about in 2024 but predictions? And then once the calendar flips and we play that snow blizzard game to open the season against Detroit, then after that it's just going to turn to, you know, e Eeyore podcast for like the, the next 50 of the year because <laughs> it's going to be... It'll, it'll be Charlotte Watch. Yeah, Charlotte Watch. <laughs> if only. I, mean, I pray that's worth watching. I mean, that's the problem. It's it's the dynamics of Triple A have changed such that um, that's true. It's sort of like well, that's not anything. But the fact that there could be a core of legitimate prospects starting the season in Charlotte, including maybe even a guy like Varus, um, that'd be pretty. Odd. I mean, when you think about top ten, you know, uh, uh, Caro, uh, 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 Ramos, Montgomery. Maybe Varus, um, probably thinking missing a, Tatum, possibly. Tatum, I mean, yeah. there's a real core there that, if not right from the start of the season, very soon should be playing together. And that could get exciting really fast. Um, I mean, now I'm really punchy, but uh, I mean, that that really could because that you, would be you might see some of those yeah. numbers and be like, oh, now wait a minute, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, why? And then bring them all up after the All Star break and, you know, let them get killed a little bit, but still have some fun. I mean, they did Project Birmingham. They didn't seem to care if they got killed at Birmingham. So, no. all right, bring them to the majors. Exactly. A couple of yeah. years later. All right, so we got it for you, Getz. We, we, it's Project uh, Project Southside. Start the season that way. Who cares? You're going to lose 120. <laughs> Who cares? I would rather watch that than Paul DeJong take at-bats, personally. Oh, my God. So, See, these are know. people I forgot are even on the team. I'm like, geez, how are they finding 40-man space? Oh, that's because I got 12 retread shortstops on the 40-man. Awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, Tommy always hits me with things that make me really depressed. Thank God we don't just do too much pre talking That's why I'm here. Because I just say, delete. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> Have a fun chat because I can't take it. Uh, all right. Well, I can't promise it's going to be sunnier or more optimistic at the turn of the year for podcast 169. But I promise we will have one. Hopefully it will feature uh, finally out of his unit. It's getting a little bit hot. It probably does need to be dry clean. Finally gets out of his father's socks of his costume to join us and hopefully also joined by Brian O'Neill, because we've had a fun couple of Socks of Us podcasts uh, here. But we promise, probably not long after the turn of the year, we'll we'll roll something out. There'll be something to talk about. It'll probably be bad. There'll probably be some like Socks Fest mock that's even more yeah. offensive. Or the White Sox decide to not even field minor league teams but for Charlotte this year to cost, <laughs> save money, or uh, who knows. Or but, they don't hire an announcer and it's just Steve Stone droning on oh, for yeah. you know, two hours by himself every game. <laughs> yeah. Or dead air when he, you know, I mean, he's going to need a break. I mean, you know, right. dead air. Very innovative. They'll pitch it to us. Very innovative. Sounds of the ballpark broadcast. Exactly. <laughs> Better than late era Hawk. That's for yeah. sure. Sorry. Yeah. Love you, Hawk, but mm, not that much. Uh, all right. Well, we will be back in the turn of the year. Promise. I don't know why we will be, but we will. But uh, that uh, sets it off for the year. Thanks, everybody, for spending the year with us. It was a very painful one, and I hate to predict it's going to be worse in 2024. But I guess if we do it together... You know, it can just be like a group hug every week. And I don't know, somehow we'll get through it. I mean, I'm sure there will be casualties. There have to be. It could be me. I mean, I don't know. I'm hanging by a thread. So, uh, but, you know, I mean, hopefully we're generally intact as we see through a 92 or 90 or 
108 loss season or whatever it's going to be. It's going to be rough, but I don't know. We'll watch it together. Unless there's too much clown car defense, then we'll all just we'll just we'll just so quit be and go on strike. Yeah. And we'll all subscribe to MILB TV instead of MOB TV, as if any of us subscribe to that anyway. Wink. Thanks, Fox. Anyway, uh, all right, that wraps it up for us for the year. Thanks for spending another year on podcasts with us. You will be able to see and hear from us shortly into 2024. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Tommy, for shepherding these last two Socks of Us podcasts. Next year, I predict we're going to be so excited next year, Father Socks of Us. We're going to have a, we're going to be back to having like fifteen people, and we we're going to break them into two, and we're going to talk over one another. Prospects oh, to talk about. It's It'll gonna be great. Be, it's going to be ridiculous in a year. So thank you for helping tow us through this very difficult, uh, this this desert of an off season that we've had. So thanks to Brian O'Neill and Father Saxophist Tommy Barbie. I am Brett Valentini signing off for the year. We will be back at the turn of the year and we'll be talking about something. It will probably be negative, but let's all pretend as we go to sleep tonight that it's going to be positive.